0: I'm V and I'm B, and And this this is Homestead Homestead Happenings, where every week we bring you along on our journey to self-sufficiency and bring you exclusive interviews on all things Homestead from people around the world. So hit subscribe and follow along with us. Let's Let's learn. learn, Let's grow. Let's go. I'm V and today I am here with Riley from Riley B. Greenhouse and I have used her plant starts in my garden for 2021, 2022, and for this year. She's just starting her sales and I will have to get on top of that. So every year it goes really, really well for me. And so another unique thing is that she is a youth entrepreneur. So she is coming on to the podcast today to tell us about how she got started, um, you know, where she's hoping to go from there and what it's like to be a youth entrepreneur. So on that, thank you for being here with us, Riley. What got you even started into gardening? Let's start there.
1: Well, I'll say hi first. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I've never done anything like this before, but I would just say I got started gardening with my grandparents. My grandma's gardened my whole life and I always grew up you know, working in her garden with her, I loved picking turnips. That was one thing I always remembered from when I was little is I loved picking the turnips. And I always loved eating cherry tomatoes with her. So whenever I was in eighth grade, I had my first garden that I did all on my own. I, you know, bought plants from the store and had my first garden, and it went really well. I had a really, really successful year. And then the next year when I was going into high school, I knew I was going to be an FFA, and I knew I had to have a project, and I also knew that I didn't want to have any animals. I didn't have time for that. So I finally decided to get a greenhouse. And I got a little greenhouse from Big Lots that was six foot by four foot, plastic framing, very unstable, not a very good greenhouse. And I sold about 300 plants out of that greenhouse during COVID, Wow! that's how I got to start.
0: I have that, I'm pretty sure I have that same greenhouse. Is it, was it green? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, probably, like yeah. plastic
0: framing, yeah. And I had to, I supported it with a T-post. <laughs>
1: That's what I did, and it didn't work.
0: <laughs> I put it up against the house, and so yeah, I so that yeah, I done that yeah, that's working. Um, and then I had a cattle panel one, but we had so much ice and stuff like that, and I didn't have a center bracing, so that was no more. But that's that's awesome that you started so young. I will say, my grandparents also always had a garden, and yeah. I remember radishes. Oh, okay. And to this day, I really love radishes and I always like when people are always joking and they're like the spicy dirt apples (laughs) that cracks me up. But turnips um, are a huge thing because, you know, I personally, shockingly, have not actually eaten a turnip. Well, I, I
1: haven't either, but I always just remembered I loved picking them, I guess, because we got to pull them out of the ground. I, I don't know, but I don't, I've never eaten one either.
0: I have had, well, I like the greens and, like, salads and stuff, but I was growing them for the animals, and okay. so that's why I grew them. But then people were like, no, you can make them, like, mashed potatoes, and so I think I'm going to yeah. try that this year.
1: Yeah, I need to try them, but, yeah, that's what I always remembered, that and cherry tomatoes.
0: Oh, Yeah the super sweet 100s yeah those are really really good Uh, do you you grow those right
1: yeah i do well i don't know if i've ever grown them in my garden but i start them and sell them
0: so so when you were starting this and selling for covid what was the community response to oh this is a youth who has like this whole plant start business
1: well, it was pretty good, but like at that time I was fifteen, I think, so I didn't have a car, and obviously we couldn't go anywhere, you know anyway, so I pretty much just sold to friends and family, but I had a pretty good response. I mean, I sold a lot of my plants and had a lot of people buy them, and it went pretty well. And I mean even though we weren't couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't market at all, you know, I still had a pretty good response
0: so now that things are a little bit more relaxed, what is your marketing take now then?
1: Well, so my second year, which was 2021, and that was when things were, you know, getting better. That spring, it was a lot more open and flexible. I started selling on Facebook, and that's what I pretty much do now, too. Facebook is just, in in our area, you know, Facebook is the best way to do it. There's not really anything else, and so I just post them on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, post them on my page, and then I post them on, like, the yard sale groups and things like that, and that's where I get rid of most of my plants. I have posted a little bit on Craigslist but Craigslist is kind of sketchy so I kind of stay on Facebook but yeah that's pretty much worked for me and I don't pay for advertising it's just a lot of word of mouth too.
0: So have you noticed any repeat customers other than me?
1: Yeah I I do have a lot of repeat customers and there is people sad that I'm not gonna do it next year because I won't be here anymore but yeah I do I do have quite a few repeat customers.
0: So and that is sad that you're not going to be doing it anymore next year. I know. So is this, a, I'm not going to do it forever, or I'm going to be doing things to then further an ag career, or what's the steps there?
1: Yeah, I'm going to the University of Arkansas next year, so that's about three and a half hours from here, from West Plains. So I definitely won't be able to continue it while I'm in college, but I am going to college to major in horticulture, so definitely furthering my knowledge in plants and greenhouses and things like that and i'll see where that takes me in the future because i'm not entirely sure what i want to do with that yet
0: there's so much so so much and i wish i would have went for horticulture back when i was younger right and you know now yes i got certified in permaculture yes i'm really immersed in all that and I'll be taking the Master Gardener's course and stuff like that, but that's, it's it's still always a bit lacking, in, right. you know, not having that that real immerse experience that there. Condition. Yeah. Well, it's nice, though, that uh, you were able to go to the university that was just in Arkansas. You know, you didn't have to go halfway across yeah. the country.
1: Yes. And it's, I mean, it's far enough that I get to get away from home, but it's not so far that I can't ever come back, to. That's nice.
0: Right. Well... So this year you're trying something also new from marketing wise. So you're doing the farmer's markets.
1: Yes, I am. How did that go? Well, the first day was actually yesterday and I wasn't personally able to be there. I had an FFA event, but it was, it went pretty well. We sold quite a bit and I'm really excited about it. Cause it's an, I love being able to do things like that and be able to talk to people. I did one event last, last spring it was more like a boutique thing, so it wasn't like farmer's market, but I learned a lot from that experience and I learned that I really like talking to people and I like doing things like that in person versus over the phone. So I've really enjoyed preparing for the farmer's market and I think I'm really going to enjoy being there and selling and getting to just market in person and talk to people and not just have to rely on texting and phone calls because that's a lot different than talking to somebody in person.
0: Yeah, and building that relationship and really right. growing, which I mean, a greenhouse business. I mean, of course, you know, you're young and you grow into college and stuff like that, but you know, afterwards, especially with that education, it can get pretty significant. I mean, greenhouse growers all over are market gardening into grocery stores, into all that stuff. I mean, there's really sky's the limit, especially with everybody wanting to, you know, do it now, you know, nobody's wanting, you know, pesticides and stuff. So, um, the sale itself, how did you figure, you know, what kind of research did you have to do to figure out, well, what, how am I going to price these or how many am I going to start?
1: Well, honestly, there's not much science behind it. For, like, for figuring out what I want to start, I really just look at what varieties I like, what I know other people like, what I want to try, and I just start them, and I'm known to have a pretty heavy hand when seed sowing, so that's how I've ended up having to get another greenhouse and just having way too many plants, because I have a little bit of a heavy hand,
0: <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> which I'm sure you can relate to.
0: Yeah, I overstart constantly.
1: Oh yeah, I do it so bad, it's horrible, but the prices standpoint, my first year I just sold them all a dollar a piece, just to be you know, simple.
0: And that went well.
1: And then obviously after COVID prices skyrocketed. And so I started looking at, you know, like Walmart, Hirsch, stores that we have at Cell Plants, I started looking at their prices and seeing what they were charging. I went to Walmart and Hirsch Friday, so you know a few days ago. And they were selling tomato plants for four dollars and fifty-seven cents for one tomato plant so i t- i look at that price and i base my prices off of that because i know i can do it cheaper because i'm not paying employees i'm not paying a lot of the overhead costs that they are so that's how i make my prices competitive i just look at what the people around us are selling them for
0: yeah well and i was yeah that's no joke because those you know the four packs mfa which is our yes for those listening mfa Hearst, those are our local feed type stores here And Riley is actually from where we live here in Howell County, Missouri. But, um, and I'll have the links to her greenhouse page and all those things in the description box. But I was there and they were about spot on with, with and stuff. Strawberries got a little out of hand this year, I think. (laughs) They're pretty pricey this year. Um, and you know, everybody really wanted them and the jam stuff that went crazy and they really monopolized on that. But so you start primarily tomatoes, peppers, flowers, you know, things like that. Was there a reason why you didn't start, like, anything different, such as strawberries or, um, you know, any, like, cucumbers or anything like that? You just stuck to kind of the longer-term plants?
1: yeah i kind of started with tomatoes and peppers and flowers just because that's what i had experience with and that's what i knew the most about you know starting out i didn't know just a ton but that's what i knew the most about and i was familiar with and i knew that's what people in our area bought you know there's not i didn't want to start you know all the perennials and shrubs and things because there's not as much of a market for that and where there is a market people already know where they're going to get those things from so I thought that starting tomatoes and peppers was probably a little bit more, you know, more of a smarter decision for me to make because it was something that people were definitely more actively
0: looking for. So I love that you brought up that point, and I'm going to touch on it really quick. We, in the homestead business and all of those episodes that we've already done, we had talked about marketing, we had talked about all these things. So when you just said, well, I couldn't, I, you know, I could have did the perennials and the shrubs and stuff, but... There wasn't as much of a market because, you know, other people already know. And you are exactly right. Too often, you know, a, uh, a a lilac bush is a lilac bush. So you would have to, you know, take that spin or, you know, how how is yours better or different or whatever than someone else. And so people like you who knew, okay, you know, I'm going to go to college or I've got five kids, or I only have X amount of time to dedicate to this, that makes sense to nix it. Stick with the market, stick with what's popular. If you are really trying to do like a nurseries type business or something like that, and you want to get a little more involved, then you're like, okay, well, everybody's got pear trees, but I have a pineapple pear tree and I have, you know, so all of those things. So that was excellent point you made because too often people get caught up in the, you know, I'm going to grow everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm one of those people who I do want to grow everything. And, but I also like to cook outside the box, eat outside the box. Um, (laughs) and so if I'm wanting it for myself, then okay, you know, you, you do another cutting, you do another seed or whatever for somebody else, but just going in it thinking, oh, well, somebody might like this. That's that's a waste of time and resources. it It really is. Um, So, since you're gardening and you've got plant starts and all those things, do you ever dabble with selling the actual produce from your gardens, or do you, what do you do with it?
1: I have a little bit. um, The last couple summers, you know, if I had some extra green beans or something, I would sell a few of them. I didn't do a lot just because I don't have a humongous garden and I can't produce enough to, like, sustain a farmer's market, you know, like a booth through the summer. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of canning and stuff just for ourselves, so I really didn't have enough excess to sell, and especially this past summer was a horrible gardening year. And so we didn't barely, we barely even had enough for ourselves, let alone to sell to other people, so... It's It really just depends on the year, and if I have time for it to have extra, I might try it, but it's not a priority to me, like selling plants is. And to be totally frank, by the time spring's over with and I've sold 4,000 plants, I'm kind of burnt out selling things to people. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like to take the summer off and kind of just chill and enjoy my garden.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think I've asked you this before, but just so the listeners know, that's primarily the reason you don't sell fall starts, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the fall, you know, that's another thing when people want to do the, they think, oh, I missed the, this plant sales and whatever. Well, this year I will have plants, uh, starts for sale, but not for spring because everything was, you know, busy and stuff. I'll actually be the one doing it in fall, having, you know, the broccoli and the cauliflower and cabbage and all those things ready for people in the fall. And so you know, that's a nice niche there because a lot of people like you are totally burnt out on doing it. And they're like, and a lot of them are also doing markets. So they're like, oh man, kill me. Like, I don't want to do any more. You don't want to think about it any longer. No. So, and there's a lot of people who will only sell the trees and the bushes and stuff, and they don't mess with the the smaller plants at all. You know, so it's just whatever, you know, you think works. So how were... What was your parents' thoughts when you're like, I'm going to have my own garden and I'm in the 8th grade or I'm going to open this greenhouse?
1: They, I mean, they just pretty well went along with it. I mean, I didn't, it's not like I started with 4,000 plants. I definitely started with just a few hundred. Honestly, I started them. And it was right right before we or right after we shut down from COVID. I started them and they were they lived on the dryer to stay warm until they sprouted, and then they got to go sit in the window until we got my greenhouse together. And they just kind of went with it, and they helped me whenever I needed help, and dealt with it when my greenhouse got blowed over. And I mean, they just helped me. And then when they realized I was serious about it and that it was actually working out, that's kind of when we talked about it and expanded and. Ever since then, we've just kept expanding, and they've just kept helping me. And my grandparents were the same way. They helped me a ton through the whole thing. I mean, I could not have done it without them at all. So I'm just grateful that they've supported me, because I would not be at any scale that I'm at now without them helping me.
0: Well, that's fantastic to have that support. They're probably excited and proud, you know, because they're also yeah. canners and growers. And uh, I believe you're, I think you said your parents are entrepreneurs themselves. Right. Yeah, so they've got another um business you can go ahead and and uh shamelessly plug them here for their business for people that are local to our area
1: okay so my parents own lunch equipment and stuff for trucks in west plains and lunch equipment is a tractor and mower dealership and then stuff for trucks they sell like truck accessories like floor mats and grill guards and things like that so i've grown up in sales they've owned it since i think 2008 so i was little when they bought it so I've grown up around them being selling things. So I think that's why it comes naturally to me to sell things and market and talk to people because I've known it my whole life. I've never known anything different. So that's why I think I've done so well is because it's just normal to me. It's not anything I had to learn. It's just normal.
0: And that was pretty much the same for me. Um, my family, you know, they they had a restaurant and bakery And, um, then also my mom before that, I mean, when I was real young, she owned daycare, um, you know, my, they had management, um, also like my, uh, my grandma and stuff like that. It's always been those type of jobs, those type of positions, those type of, you know, entrepreneur stuff. I mean, my grandparents also, they had rentals and everything. So it was always, a thing. So for me, right. selling things, I'm very comfortable, very comfortable talking with people, very comfortable getting out there. For people who are not comfortable getting out there, um, I would say a tip that I have would be utilize your, you know, today's modern technology where you can cold email, you can get on social media um, to be able to start there and get those initial connections made for people who are nervous to just walk up to somebody and be like, here's my product, here's my idea, and really roll with it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, if you're not comfortable, you know, selling just because you don't know how you've never been around it, definitely use social media because that's the easiest way to talk to people without actually having to talk to people. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not impossible if you've never been around it. It is definitely something you can do.
0: And that's the blessing and the curse of social media. Yes. (laughs) So I will say um, your plants did, did lovely and you did not, you didn't do all the bells and the whistles and the frills. And it's, you know, you're living proof that it's just not necessary, you know, because I've had uh, plants from you that were in various different kinds of containers Yes. And they all worked out fantastic. Why did you decide, hey, we don't need to get on to Bootstrap Farmer and buy all of these, you know, trays. We don't have to do all these soil blocks. Why did you decide to do that route even though you were going to do a business out of it?
1: Well, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm cheap. I didn't want to work out the money. On bootstrap farmer even though i totally admire all of their things i
0: love all their things <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, Jess use them on roots and refuge farm just a side note she's been one of my biggest inspiration she's taught me a absolute ton but um i i mean yeah i would have loved to have those things but i didn't want to pay the money to have them when i knew i could have bought cheaper trays from i buy them from greenhouse mega store and use recycled yogurt cups recycled pudding cups or buying the little three ounce cups from walmart Because I knew they'd do the same thing. I didn't have to spend an arm and a leg on containers when I was just going to give them to somebody anyway.
0: Yes, and I do red solo cups, styrofoam cups, um, egg cartons. I use a lot of those things. And if you financially can afford things from Bootstrap Farmer or Haas or any of those, you definitely can. It's awesome. Mary's heirloom Seeds has kits and things. Those are fantastic. But don't feel like... I can't do plant sales because I don't have this and that, or I have to invest this much. You do not need to do that.
1: No, you don't. I mean, it would be great, and it would make it probably look more uniform, but I personally don't really care. I mean, any of my family members that are going to listen to this could tell you any party that I go to, I collect everybody's red Solo cups at the end and wash them and use them because they're free, and you just can't beat free. No. And, I mean, you can... You can do start plants so cheap. It is unreal. I mean, using seed swaps. I get a lot of my seeds from seed swaps. All that costs is a stamp. Free cups are very cheap cups. Very cheap trays. Very cheap greenhouse. It really doesn't cost that much for the turnaround that you get.
0: No. It's just, uh, sure, aesthetically, it would be great if we all had a glass greenhouse and we were out there and all that, but it's just not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. But we, um, we are the same in that because I am extremely cheap. Sometimes I want to do all these things, but even if I wasn't cheap, it's not financially feasible. Even if I wanted to be expensive, I don't have enough money to be expensive. So, you know, I, I was stuck. Um, but I have never had enough starts um, to sell anything extra because I'm one of those that I, I'll put it in the ground. I yeah, will. I'm, I still, I got your starts and I had start. Well, the first year I bought your starts was because I left my starts in the hands of a babysitter and they killed them all. Um, yeah. So 500 starts down the drain. I was literally devastated and it was yeah. horrible. Then, um, last year I had the health thing. So even though I had starts, I couldn't physically maintain all the ones I knew I needed. So then I got them. So just because you are starting plants doesn't mean you can't buy starts. Um, definitely. And find somebody who will do a, you know, lots of times people will do a bulk deal. If you buy a bunch of their starts, they'll give you you know, a little bit of a, a break there. Uh, Um, so we covered all those things, but you had mentioned, a little bit about FFA now we were supposed to have a speaker come and speak on things like that like 4-H and FFA and all those things and unfortunately they had an emergency and they were not able to so for those listening um what was your opinion or experience with FFA and do you have any tips or advice for parents or youth that are wanting to do that
1: yeah I've had a, a really good experience with FFA um I've I mean, I've been in several leadership roles. I'm currently our chapter president, so I think I'm a pretty good person to plug FFA here. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I started as a freshman. Um, I didn't have just, you know, I didn't have a huge ag ag background other than like an ag sales situation. We hadn't had cattle since I was little. So I kind of came in not really fitting into the whole livestock crowd because in our area, livestock is much bigger than anything else and that kind of consumes ffa but i've kind of made it my mission to show other kids that you don't have to have cows to be an ffa you can have a greenhouse you can have bees there's we have kids that have bees i mean there's you can do anything you really can and it's it's a great organization i really credit my speaking skills to ffa i don't think i would have been able to be on here having this conversation with you if it wasn't for ffa i've done a lot of speaking contests and Honestly, I've preached to a lot of people about how much I don't like Monsanto and how much I don't like using chemicals. Mm-hmm. As an and I've, I've done a lot of soapbox standing on a soapbox with that. And I've really enjoyed FFA. I've enjoyed a lot of the you know speaking contests I've been able to do and everything I've learned, you know, everything that's taught me about my greenhouse and helped teach me about selling things I just didn't know before. And I would encourage any kid that isn't sure to just try it out. They don't like it. They don't have to stay. But try it out and be surprised, I think, how much they'd really like it.
0: So does FFA, does that cost? Is it like a meeting or?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have yearly dues. You know, it's, I think it's $20 a year. But we do fundraisers. Like we sell, I don't know if you've probably heard of the FFA fruit sale. We sell fruits and meat and cookies and stuff. And you sell enough that'll cover your dues, but. Pretty much, if you, you know, going to National Convention, the chapter pretty much covers everything but your food and a small fee, and National Convention's a big trip, it's to Indianapolis. Um, There's really not a ton of costs associated. Like, if you have trouble paying, I promise you they will figure it out, and they will help you get into FFA and do the things that you want to do, even if you can't pay for it. That's what they have, you know, chapter funds for, that's what they have an alumni group for. So... Yes, it does cost a little bit, but it's not what people think. It's not as expensive as playing a sport by any means or as expensive as being in 4-H Just because 4-H you have to buy, you know, $1,200 show animals. So it's nothing like that. I mean, it can be very cheap if you want to make it very cheap.
0: Well, and speaking of uh, Indianapolis, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes through there. Uh, yeah, not just FFA, but now, of course, because I said that, I can't remember... There was two other, there's two other things. I just heard it on our radio not too long ago. There were some high school kids from Thayer, which is a town nearby us that came on and they were also going to Indianapolis, um, and Indianapolis, for those of you listening who maybe have missed it, I will be at the Indiana state homesteading conference this year in October. Tickets are on sale on their website. I will link that down below and I will be speaking on fodder Um, that will be, you know, towards my pellet free 23, you know, trying to get all of your animals, um, some fodder, whether it's cows and horses, sheep, goats, chickens, pigs, rabbits, whatever it is, we will be going over all of those things. So, but there is a huge, huge, huge ag, everything, um, you know, kind of based out of Indianapolis. So I encourage everyone to look at the, um, sites for Indiana, and you can see different expos, conferences, all of those things on their calendar of events a lot of times, um, especially with the chamber in Indianapolis. So, um, I, we personally, um, you know, my son is a teenager and he was, you know, he has other interests, um, a lot with technology and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so he did not do that and he is our only child, but, I know there was a lot of people who were really looking forward to um, having, you know, those those conversations. So hopefully we will find a sub to come in and really dive into 4-H and all that stuff. What is the did you do? Did you just immediately go into FFA? You didn't do any type of 4-H or anything when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I just went straight into FFA. I was never involved in 4-H just because I didn't know anything about it. And I I wasn't part of, like, you know, the show animal community or anything. And in our, in our area, 4-H is a lot of showing. Yeah. And that's a lot of what 4-H is here. So if that's what you're interested in, then great. 4-H is a great organization for that. It just wasn't for me. And that's okay.
0: Well, I will say some of those um, show pigs, man, I like mm-hmm. to watch those yes they're all very very interesting yeah well those the kids in 4-h that are working with those showy animals they are more dedicated (laughs) than many adults that i have seen oh it it is is crazy
1: so much dedication
0: Yes, and I like to watch them when they, you know, they give the cows a bath and they blow them all out and everything, and I'm like, oh, yeah. fluffy cow, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I love all that stuff. When it comes to be fair time, I'm in the animal barns. So I want to see all that stuff, oh, even yeah. though I've got a lot of these outside. I still go and look at everybody's stuff. I think it's so neat. But well, <clears throat> I hope that you have an excellent year. I hope that you you sell out, which you will. And <laughs> are you going to be doing any sales privately or are you just going to be selling to people who come to the market this year
1: nope i'm still going to be selling on facebook as well um i'm just kind of adding the market just to kind of broaden my
0: selling range
1: and but yeah i'm still selling on facebook too and i'm planning to get that done in this week to get that posted this week so
0: so just a couple questions and then I will uh, stop taking up all of your day, especially because it's a weekend. I know that's precious time. But oh, yeah. so my first thing would be the farmer's market that you chose. Did it make a difference? Did you choose it or make a difference because of location or cost or did they have youth programs or what made you choose where you chose?
1: I I chose, it's the Willow Springs Farmer's Market, which for people that aren't, you know, in this area, they probably won't know, but it's just, it's not far from where we live. It's about 20 minutes, but I chose that Farmer's Market because, to be completely honest, I could not afford the Farmer's Market in West Plains. I mean, I would have loved to set up in West Plains just because it's so much more convenient for me, and it's a much, much bigger Farmer's Market, but their prices are so outrageous with like yearly fees and daily setups. I just could not make the decision to do that knowing that I was going to be putting so much money forward to not get as much back. It would just, I mean, it would have severely cut into my profits and it would have not been a fiscally responsible decision for me to make.
0: And that is something for everybody listening when you're thinking about, Oh, I'm going to go sell to market or, you know, you're new to your property, you have all these ideas keep those things in mind. For me, um, we talked about this privately, you know, and I had said, I will probably set up on my own because I can pick my own schedule, do my own marketing if I wanted to, you know, or just choose to be up. And there's a lot of people in our town, they'll just pop up shop outside in the Walmart parking lot area yeah, and they sell out too, you know, so there's, there's a lot of options, but we will have somebody coming on and speaking on Farmer's markets specifically, who does this full-time, like it's their whole, whole family's deal, and right. so she's going to have a ton of tips and everything, and you know, in order to do that, she said number one is diversity. She's not just at one farmer's market. So that episode will be coming up soon. And so everybody can tune into that. But you are right, that would not have been responsible, um, especially for, you know, your setup and your affordability, you would have had to raise your prices. And it would have it would have really just just changed a lot of things, especially for your customers who are used to one thing. And they've been with you for a few years now. So for everyone listening, these are great things to be thinking about and thinking through are, you know, who you're going to maybe acquire or losing who you also already have and gaining some. You got to really balance that out. So I will link all of your social media for your greenhouse in the description box. Is there anything that you want to share with anyone or maybe one or two, um, random tips we haven't talked about you want to share with anyone who wants to get started with selling plants?
1: Yeah, I would just say to just dive right in and just learn as you go. I mean, that's what I did, and I learned a lot on YouTube. I watched a lot of Fruits and Refuge Farm, which I'm sure a lot of your viewers are probably familiar with that. Um, yes. <laughs> I, read, I read everything I can get my hands on, read every article, watched every video. I I really taught myself You know, a lot of what I know, and that's my advice is to just just get out there and try it and just learn as you go you know in the age we're in anything you need to know is one google away you know one search away so it's really not that you can't say that oh you can't do it just because you don't know because there's so much information available that you can learn I mean I learned how to do it at 15 years old any anyone can do it I think and it's just a matter of wanting to
0: Yes, the drive, determination, and the actual, like, will to do it. Well, hopefully, before you take off, we'll be able to get you out here and, um, you know, talking about our garden plans and things like that. And hopefully, you'll be back to visit to see as the food forest progresses out here on our...
1: I would love to. I'm excited to see it, see something different than what I've just got.
0: Yes. Well, and mine is very unique because it is hodgepodge. It it looks chaos. That's why a lot of people have issues with permaculture because they say that it's quote unquote messy, um, which I'm like, you got to trust the process.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. My garden is very, you know, rose and things just because that's what I've already got established. I don't mm-hmm. like to fix that, but no, I, I very much like the messy. If anybody has been in my greenhouse, they can see that. You know, <laughs> Yogurt cups and random trays and things, they will see that they like messy.
0: And that's the best way to be. For anybody who wants to do um, plant sales yourself and you want to overstart seed, use code Dreamweavers at checkout at MarysHeirloomSeeds.com, and you will save 10% off your order of 20 or more. We will put our link in the description box of this. Mary's is a phenomenal sponsor to this podcast and she donates... Seeds to Schools. She does a lot of giving back. She is also sponsoring... I have a class teaching intro to permaculture, talking about people's properties specifically. They can bring their questions. It's small group. A lot of, um, you know, that that one-on-one Q&A we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about annual gardens, um, sustainable crops and livestock specific to your area. It's going to be amazing. I have nine dates available and the spacing is limited. I will put the information for that in the description box. It is $15 and it is virtual. So anywhere that you are listening, you can join in. And she has, uh, Mary has generously donated free seed giveaways for everyone in the class. We'll be doing some giveaways. She's doing a free garden planner um, and planting guide for people and then as well as another discount code. So hopefully everybody will visit you on social media. I hope you sell out this year. Can't wait to get that. I will um, be talking to you about dehydrating and harvesting and all those things. So I appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's really fun to do.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) on that note, let's learn. Let's grow. Let's go. Have a good day.